morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's probably not morning for you who's listening. No. But it's morning for us. Yes. How'd you sleep? Well. Great talk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I've changed some habits and now my dreams are super vivid. Did you stop smoking? I did. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'm having crazy dreams where like Jeffrey Dahmer is trying to chase me around the house. And... Oh my. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why I turned into a 50s housewife. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. <laughs> but I escaped him twice. Oh, that's and then good. I was on the news like, I escaped Jeffrey Dahmer twice. Well, I don't know. It was a feat in my dream. I mean, obviously. Feet so. were in your dream? Yes. <laughs> I was running. Oh, oh. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How'd you sleep? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Super believable. <laughs> I almost believed you. <laughs> no, I did that thing where I fall asleep on the couch and then I just wake up fucking livid. <laughs> I was so angry. Anyways, I'm so sorry. I'm Lynn. Oh, and I'm Kat. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Crying in the walk-in. It's like, we didn't even say who we were. No. Silly. No. Silly, silly. What are we talking about today? We are talking about <laughs> crying. No. No, oh, tell man. me, tell me about your, <clears throat> tell me about your time at a hotel. Where does it start? <laughs> Go back to the beginning. <laughs> so I was working at the Long Stay Hotel, and I was in my early twenties, give or take, somewhere around there. So it was a second job. It wasn't one that was like you know my main income or anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of really didn't care about it very much. <laughs> I mean, I also kind of got it because of nepotism. Mm-hmm. My sister worked there at the front desk. So I would work at the Longstay Hotel till about 11-ish, um, give or take. Breakfast ended, I think, at 10. So cleaning everything, putting everything away, you know, okay. all that good stuff. Yep. And then I'd go to work and work normally the morning and sometimes the night. But I think that day that this happened, I had been on a stretch of working basically a just god-awful amount of hours. Okay. And drinking and not sleeping. Yeah. It was rough. Early yeah. 20s, man. Early 20s. I I couldn't keep up with me. No? Like, me now? (laughs) I'd be like, have fun. I'm going the fuck to sleep. Yeah. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for me to get comfy in my bed, put on my PJs, and just chill. So just like any other breakfast place, you know, it has the... Or, I'm sorry, any other hotel that serves breakfast. It was like a continental breakfast. We had a special part that was really nice. It had like a little omelet bar type thing. Mm -hmm. And... it was kind of cool. Unfortunately, that's all the manager ever did. She just made omelets. She literally wouldn't move from that spot. She would show up when it was convenient for her just to make the omelets. Found out later that she just popped edibles like crazy. So she was stoned out of her mind over there chilling, making omelets. <laughs> what a great job. Right? So it's also my job to not only keep the food stock, but obviously forks, knives, plates, everything like that. We had our own dishwasher. We had all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing all of that. It's particularly busy. I'm the only one. Manager's over there just fucking high as a kite making omelets. <laughs> doing her, living her best life, I guess. So I'm over here running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. <laughs> just can't catch up. We're out of bacon. Of course we are. Like... <laughs> Out of everything. It was so annoying. I just couldn't catch up. Living a stress dream. (laughs) That's literally what it felt like. And I just couldn't catch up. So this lady comes up and I understand people are like sassy in the mornings. Guilty as charged. Sure. I'm horrible in the mornings. It's human nature, but it's also definitely something I should work on. 
We all do it. Yeah, I know. Anyways. <laughs> just Sorry. Just anything to do with mornings or waking up on the couch. Not my jam. Just, so Just know I love you anyways. <laughs> But I will never wake you up. <laughs> you could be like, give you a hundred bucks to go wake Lynn up. And be like, nah, it's cool. You keep it. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I don't want her to be mad at me for a week. I'm yeah. good. No. That's being dramatic. I wouldn't be mad at you for a week. Just, Just for rest. a day. Just the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so this lady comes in and she's looking for a knife. And if I remember correctly, I knew we were out of them and I had just washed them and I hadn't had a chance to put them out yet. Okay. So she didn't have a knife. She was looking for a knife and she comes up to me and she goes, hey, can I get a knife? And I misheard her. So I thought she said something along the lines of, I'm sorry, can I please get a knife? I said, you're fine. I'll go grab them. And I go to the back. I come out with a full thing of knives. I put them in there. I hand her one. And she gets in my face, like too close. Way too close. Okay. Especially for a stranger. And very dramatically, while moving her head back and forth, do you know how rude that is? You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And got closer with each emphasis. Mm-hmm. I was stunned. Honestly, I didn't really know what to say because I'm like, like, you're in my personal space. You're being really fucking rude. I don't know what I even did. I didn't mean to upset you. Like, eat some Cheerios and calm down. So, (laughs) you won't need a knife for that. You'll just need a spoon. (laughs) And there's plenty of those. So, eat some Cheerios. Anyways. Use a spoon. If you use the other side, it's kind of like a knife. (laughs) So, now you have a two for one. So, I apologized. Basically, I just sucked up to her and told her, I'm sorry, I must have misheard you. And so, she stormed off in a huff. Like, she was still pissed. Didn't apologize, didn't explain anything just was pissed complained to the manager who was over there high as a kite making omelets about how nothing was stocked there wasn't any knives and i was just so rude and blah 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 you know yes one of those where it's they exaggerate every single thing they may have had one comment and then they just add on to it to just make it ridiculous because to, they to give it more substance i was gonna say they say it and then they realize how ridiculous it sounds and how and so they have to add to it to make it something that it wasn't right yeah yeah mm-hmm yeah. So my manager comes to me later, doesn't really care about my side of the story, literally at all, and was around a computer in the office. Someone said that she had left a bad review. And the manager looks at me and goes, oh, great fucking job, Lynn. You gave me my only bad review I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna quit. Also, I was always late anyways. That was basically it. But let me say <laughs> that she should not have been so rude. I'm talking about the guest. Incredibly fucking rude. But also she was right. That's incredibly rude to say to people. Maybe it's not rude. I just am like hyper aware and think it's rude because I got my ass handed to me for doing it. So now I'm like super sensitive about it. But I, you know, I've corrected you a thousand times Mm -hmm. whenever someone says, oh, I'll be right with you. And you say, you're fine. I'm like, they didn't apologize. It drives you nuts. It does. (laughs) I won't lie. (laughs) Drives you up the walls. But that's why I do it. I mean, because I literally got my ass handed to me for saying you're fine when no one apologized. It's a curse now. It's literally a curse now. Anytime someone says it, and I just wish it wasn't a pet peeve of mine. I wish, but it is. I understand. Now you get it? I do. (laughs) I've heard this story, but I've never heard it in detail. And I thought it was at our seafood company that it happened. Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. This was at the hotel. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help that the manager was like, great job, Lynn. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I really did fuck up. That's just rude. Out of curiosity, Mm -hmm. 
I was like, I know about what year I worked there. Hmm? Let's see if I can find that review. Did you find it? No. And you know what else? Hmm. Excuse me, but I was not the first bad review. (laughs) Almost all of the reviews are bad. I figured that you could not have been the only bad review in the first bad review. Absolutely not. There were a lot, a lot of bad reviews. I mean, the majority of them were the cleanliness of the rooms and it being so loud because it's right next to the train shacks. But no, no, I was absolutely not the first and only bad review. Mm -mm. That is for sure. I was like, what a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was 18, my mom kicked me out. No, she didn't. I really. was like, holy shit. No. I was like, this is news to me. <laughs> no, my mom, she was super helpful. I told her I wanted to be a flight attendant. She found me an open interview. And my dad, my loving dad, drove me on his birthday. Oh. And I got the job. Hell yeah. Yeah. 18. A flight attendant. That's scary. Two weeks later, they flew me... States away to Phoenix, Arizona, and I lived there for like five or six years, and I became a flight attendant. The training there was super extensive, though. You stayed a month in like, it's kind of like a hostel, almost, or like a hotel, kind of, but Mm -hmm. it was only meant for people who were in that training class. Okay. And it had like a little classroom on site as well. Okay. Not in the greatest side of town. No, but it sounds like you don't really need to leave. Yeah, you weren't, Sounds like su- a compound. you weren't supposed to leave. <laughs> um, if you You're left, stuck here. You were supposed to leave with people. So, again. Because it's on a bad side of town? Mm-hmm. Oh, this was in Arizona? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But the training was intense. Mm-hmm. While we were there, they made us watch plane crash videos. Mm. Mm-hmm. They also had us write letters to our loved ones. They said, you have 30 seconds. Your plane is going oh down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, a lot of people quit after that. Well, I have intrusive thoughts while I'm driving. Yeah? Yeah, about, like, if I were to get in an accident and, like, my phone was in reach, but I knew I was about to die, who would I call? What Mm -hmm. would I say? Those are intrusive thoughts I think about on the way home at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I can't even imagine the actual reality of this is actually something you need to be prepared to do instead of just an intrusive thought. It's surprising how fast, like, one minute, 30 seconds takes, Mm -hmm. like, goes by Mm -hmm. when you're trying to do something and trying to get... All of your thoughts out all at once. So many of us left in tears that day because it was just... I mean, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's for an 18-year-old. God. On a weirder note, we also learned how to deliver a baby. Cool. So, yep. I now know that you need to save the placenta. Like, I know all kinds of weird stuff about delivering babies now that you just don't forget. You're supposed to save the placenta? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, because they have to test it to make sure, like, if the baby gets an infection, did it... like, weird stuff. What do you save it in? Hey, excuse me, passengers, does anybody have a Tupperware? I just need to, just need to seal this real quick, and that, that gives me the best seal. A trash bag. I'm so uncomfortable. The manual that they gave us, literally, like, three inches thick, and you had to carry it on you at, at all, all times. times. Wow. And if they caught you without it, you would be fired. But it was a thick book. Like, huge. hmm It's about that girth, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it had it. <laughs> um, and I just remember, I mean, I moved away when I was 18. I'm learning how to, like, fend for myself. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in a house that had black mold growing in it. Mm. I was really sick. Oh my God. Yeah. And I cried. I cried a lot. That's all I remember, because... I had never because of missing home, or because yeah. you didn't know what you were doing, or because you were overwhelmed, all or just of it, all of the above, all of the above, all of the above. I didn't. I mean, have, that makes sense. I didn't have my vehicle. 
I was taking taxis everywhere. That's so expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. As a flight attendant, though, I was making decent money. Yes. I guess now you can do Ubers or, mm-hmm. you know, all back, kinds of other stuff. This was back in but... 2008, and I was making $18 an hour, mm-hmm. which was good. Yeah. Do hold, that. please. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> um, Arizona? Uh-huh. Oh, holy shit, girl. What was minimum wage? So the minimum wage in 2008 in Arizona was $7.25. Mm-hmm. Even for now, that's good. Right now, it's $12.80. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Wow. And every year you got a dollar raise, but it's, I stayed with the company for two years. When I left, I was making 21 an hour. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, it was good money. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had some sort of sense to save in the beginning. Right. Like I was, I had a good steady income. <laughs> I was paying my rent and I was get, taking taxis. I was trying to like make sure I had food to eat and stuff. And so like I was, I was doing all right, but I definitely called my mom multiple times a day for many years. <laughs> Because I missed home. Yeah. And I just m- needed something familiar. Absolutely. Um, I moved into a house and the lady there, she was a flight attendant too. A lot of times you stay at places called crash pads. Okay. You crash there. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. That's because it. then you're flying. Right. You're rarely home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was not very nice. Mm. She was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Mm. And so I went to my room and I'm sure she heard me crying in there. I was on the phone with my mom. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go home. And the next day she was really nice. <laughs> well. She was like, I'm sorry. Like, you you know, you're here. You're new to the company. Like, mm-hmm. I should be nicer to you. And I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, she left shortly after that. And I stayed in that for an entire month. I stayed in that crash pad by myself. That's the only time I've ever lived by myself. Wow. It was weird. Yeah. We are so opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was nice. But I was super lonely because right. I just like people. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. call me. They didn't call me for like two months. So when you, when I was you like, be- wait, I'm confused. So when you become a new flight attendant, you're you're on reserve. You don't have a set schedule. You don't know when you'll be home. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you'll be somewhere. Right. You have certain schedules that you work. So it's eight hours on call mm-hmm. while you're home. Right. And in those eight hours, they can call you at any moment. Okay. And you have an hour and a half to get to the airport. Okay. So you basically have to have your bag packed while you're waiting. Right. There's other shifts. Where you wait eight hours at the airport. Right. In uniform with your bag packed. When they call you, you have 15 minutes to get to the gate. Okay. Um, Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, in some places that's fine, but not Chicago. I was so pissed one day. It was Halloween and I was making plans to go to a party with a friend. I literally had five minutes on my shift. I have my bags. I'm leaving the, it called it a crew room. It was like a break Mm -hmm. room. Yeah. And I'm leaving the crew room and they fucking called me. That sucks. Oh, I was mad. So I get on the plane and I'm pissed. And the other flight attendant was like, yeah, she just didn't want to go. She was going to a Halloween party. And I was like, so was I. I was so mad. So mad. Ruining your and Halloween party. And you had party. to answer the phone. If you didn't answer your phone, you would start, like, they would eventually fire you. If right. You because you have to be reliable. I had, I had a special ringtone on my phone when they For called. that? Uh-huh. It was called the Whistling Wizard. Listen to it sometime. That. Gives you anxiety? Yeah. It still does. I mean, because they would call and And then your heart would drop uh Mm -hmm. and they would call you at like four or five o'clock in the morning, which sometimes was nice because they'd be like, hey, you have to fly out at nine or 10 o'clock this morning. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I still have a few hours to get ready Mm -hmm. because when they would call you and be like, hey, you have to get to this flight. How fast can you get to the airport? I'll be right there. Yeah, that sucks. Um. This is the first time I got called a bitch while working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this lady. I'm sorry. First time? How many times have you been called a bitch while working? 
by, by guests or customers? So many. So many times. I was a manager for like seven years. Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> God, I cannot manage. Anyways, keep going. You know the space for where your feet is. That's where you put... Yes. It's where you put your bags. It's where you well, put your bags. Sorry, let me rephrase that. That's where you make sure that your bag can fit below the seat in front of you. Correct. And if it does not fit, you have to put it up in the up above. Correct. Right. So the shit that goes underneath your seat... It has to be pushed up underneath the other seat. And it should... Everybody who has flown knows this. Should not be your suitcase carry-on. No. Because that goes up top. Yes. And if there's not room for it... You check the, it. The, well, right. Or if there's not room for it up above you, unfortunately, you got to go down a little bit and put it in there because people aren't putting it where it's supposed to go. But the planes that I was flying on were like tubes of toothpaste. It was anywhere between 50 to 98 passengers. Okay. Pretty small. With 50 passengers, I would be the only flight attendant on the plane. Right. With 98 passengers, there would be two of us. Right. So this one was 50 passengers. Okay. So I was by myself. Right. Overhead bins were full. Okay. This lady was having a fit because she needed to gate check her bag. When you gate check your bag, you just pick it back up when you get off the plane. They don't send it to the carousel. They They just put it right there when you get off. Yeah, they put it back in the jetway for you. Okay. She was convinced they were going to lose it. Something was going to happen. Like, I understand, ma'am, but your bag does not fit underneath your seat. Mm -hmm. So it needs to get gate checked. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to be such a bitch about it. She was like, I would. <laughs> I know. She, and I said, ma'am, I understand. I said, but I have to gate check your bag for your safety and for the safety of your children. Because her kids are like sitting on the inside of her mm-hmm. and she's sitting in the aisle seat. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Like if something's happening, the plane is going down, you need to get off the plane in a hurry. You're not thinking about what's below your feet. Right. You're not watching where you're going. So your kids are going to fall flat on their face. Right. Which is not only going to. Possibly in their lives, but then people are going to be stuck behind them Correct. because they can't get by them. So you're them. putting everybody else's life in danger because, because you, you don't refuse wanna... to yeah. do this. Who's the bitch now? She goes, what's your name and badge number? And I said, it's Ooh, right I'd here. I'd love to give I it said, to you. I said, my name is Kathleen Howard. Here you go. And I just, I said it just like that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Report me. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Tell me I'm doing my job? Mm. I know she calls you a bitch. It is so satisfying mm-hmm. whenever someone's like, you are a bitch or I'm going to tell corporate or wait till, wait till I write a review about you. And you're like, here's my card. Don't spell my name wrong. Yes. Like it is just the most satisfying thing it, in the world. Oh, it was. Oh, it's just. And I know <clears throat> she, cause the look on her face after that, she was just so frustrated with me and I was so frustrated with her, but I was like, go ahead, say something. Right. Oh no, you're complaining about me literally enforcing the yes. rules, which is actually my job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I literally get paid pretty good money to do this. Uh, um, so there was a lady, and I'll never forget this lady. She was so sweet. She was deaf, and she had a toddler. Toddler's probably around two. Babies don't understand that the pressure is Babies going... don't understand anything. They're babies. Well, they just... They understand how to eat, usually. I was going to say that's such a generalization <laughs> and also very incorrect. People don't don't yell at me. I understand babies understand things. I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> Lynn doesn't understand things. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Truth. I'm projecting. That's what it is. <laughs> but babies don't understand that the pressure in the cabin is going to change and they need to pop their ears on the way up. So... Best way to handle this is while the plane is ascending and descending, have your baby eating from a bottle. That creates the suction that they need. Oh, order. so it just pops their ears for them? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's this very interesting. This will help with the suction in their ears. Which makes sense. You mean the popping in their ears from the suction in their mouth? Yes. Yep. Yep. What did I say? Suction in the ears. Okay. 
Delish. That's a sound. <laughs> You're welcome. And so we get up into the air and the baby will not stop screaming. Mm. Not just crying. Just screaming. Screaming. Oh, poor baby. And I, because it was probably the ears, right? It, yeah, it was yeah. in pain. Yeah. The mom didn't understand. If I was young, I didn't understand like how to help her. You can make a rattler. If you take some ice and put it in an empty water bottle. Mm-hmm. And I gave mm-hmm. that to the baby. It entertained it for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he was right back to screaming. Mm-hmm. And the passengers around, I could tell. We're just wanting to jump out the window. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Open that emergency exit. I'm out. I tried. She got up. She was You walking. tried opening the emergency exit i tried (laughs) right this way guys (laughs) single line (laughs) single file um she would get up and she would walk up and down the aisles bouncing the baby the whole time trying to soothe trying it's not like she was ignoring the baby she was trying what she could and people saw that understanding it was just a shit situation yeah that was a really rough flight felt for everybody around so i i believe it or not relate with the baby (laughs) crazy one time that I was flying and there was a lady next to me. She was nice. You know, she did the Jesus thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jesus? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. Which was kind of annoying. Thankfully, I kind of couldn't really hear her because my ears hurt so bad. Yeah. I wanted to scream and cry. Like, yeah. and I was an adult and it hurt so bad. I don't know if I had an ear infection and it was like amplified. I don't know if they didn't like correct the pressure correctly. I don't know because I popped them and it's still, it felt like ice picks in my ears Mm -hmm. and it was both of them. And I looked around and I felt like I was the only one in pain. Yeah. You probably know it was excruciating. So if you're sick, you want to take some sort of decongestant because if your sinuses are blocked up, you're not going to be able to pop your ears the way that you need to. If it goes long enough, there was a flight attendant who was sick she was flying, and she actually burst both of her eardrums. It literally felt like mine were going to. You probably to. damaged them. It hurt so bad. Like, I couldn't even focus or listen or even hear what she was saying. Yeah. Because it hurt down to, like, my brain. It was excruciating. So I'm like, no wonder the kids scream. Like, yeah. I wanted to, as an adult, and I would be able to communicate what was hurting. And I, I had gum. I tried popping and everything. So it must have just been I had a sinus infection, and I didn't realize I did. But, oof. Yeah. Anyways. So, no, it's okay. <laughs> Take gum with you. Gum helps. I did. Yeah. No, well, I mean, if you've got a sinus right. infection, it's not going to help. <laughs> like, <laughs> but <laughs> doctors hate this one trick. I took my niece on a plane one time and her ears, she fell asleep. She woke up. She's like, my ears hurt. And I started to panic. How do I fix my niece? Like, <laughs> God. And so then, like, I'm telling her, I'm like, swallow this some water. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not helping. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, dummy. You plug your nose and you and blow. blow. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, I worked in Phoenix. My uniform, the dress that I loved to wear so much, was made out of wool. Mm. Wool and 110 degree weather fuck, do not match. There was one day where just about melted this day. And I feel for the passengers that were in the back of the plane. The, the AC unit that they had hooked up to it was failing. To the plane? Mm-hmm. Okay. While we were on the ground. Okay. So when you're on the ground, they hook up an AC unit so they don't have to keep the plane running. Right. But if you don't have an AC unit and 110 degree weather in Phoenix, Arizona. With like 50 people on a plane. Yeah. In the back of the plane is like 150 degrees. It's hot. And so I'm giving water. They won't let my passengers off the plane. I'm 18 years old. I have no idea what it is that I need to do to like fix any of this. And I just, I panicked. They got the passengers off the plane finally because... The pilot got out and was like, we need to get these people off the plane. It's hot. Yeah. 
I'm standing in the doorway, drenched in sweat. I can only imagine what the passengers in the back of the plane right. were feeling. Right. I'm passing out water bottles, water cups, left yes. and right. It's hot. And I felt so bad. That day keeps me so, up at night sometimes. So, but you didn't have the ability to be like, we have to open this door. I had the ability to get the people off the plane. Did you? I did. If I had pushed hard enough with the ground crew and with like the the people in, in the airport, but because I was so young and I didn't know how to handle confrontation and I didn't know really what, what to I was, do. I felt like the entire time I was a flight attendant, I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, what a shitty feeling. Yeah. There's no reason an 18-year-old should be in charge of 50 people. I wonder if it's changed. I really hope so. That is a lot of responsibility for technically an adult. But a child. But that's really young to be in charge of these people mm-hmm. and be expected, not just by your bosses to be accept- expected to know what to do, but by literally everybody on that plane is looking to you to know what to do. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. They don't want you to have any kind of attachment at home. You could be married, but if you have kids that are under the age of like eight, yeah, it's hard for you to leave home and come back because right. you're not likely to stay. Right. Because the, it's going to take a toll on your family. The turnaround is going to be really high for yes. it. And it's already a high turnaround. So yeah, looking for people with zero attachment. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And that was me at 18. I had no no significant other. I had no babies. Off I went. Yeah. To go be a flight attendant. And for an 18 year old, I was relatively mature. Right. I had no life experience. Mm-hmm. I had worked in one other place. You learned your life experience. Fuck sakes. Real fast. Yeah. You got on fucking planes. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But... Well, I had bad days. I had really, really good days too. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved those good days. Those, those were the highlight of working for that company. They didn't call me for two months. So for two months I'm getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not doing anything. Hell yeah. Yeah. Party. And I did. Yep. And I did. (laughs) So then I would also have, um, really good crew too. If you had, I had a 32 hour layover one time in Oklahoma city. I was not old enough to drink, but they were dope. I see where you're going with yeah. this. So they would don't go. drink underage. We went to the store that don't yeah don't drink underage. <laughs> I like how you didn't even. And then you're like, wait, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, but they literally went to the store and brought back a grocery cart full of beer and liquor. Don't remember a lot about that night. <laughs> <laughs> I know that me and another girl in the hotel we were staying at fell on a table in the hotel room and broke it. Mm. And then all of a sudden I woke up back in my own room. No idea how. Well, there it is. Yeah, it was. There it is, folks. It was so fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> if I could remember it, I'd say it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had TSA agents, so the people who, you know, mm-hmm. security. Right. Um, <laughs> as a flight attendant or as a crew member, you're allowed to take whatever you want through TSA. Mm-hmm. Whether it's two liters of soda, doesn't matter. Right. Um, so they, I guess not whatever you want, but well, pretty, yes, essentially, right, yeah. but you have not weapons and stuff. right. You have a significantly more relaxed Correct. rules on what you can and cannot bring, Correct. which makes sense. You go through training, you're trusted. Yeah. Like background checks and shit like that. It's yeah. a lot more intense than just, yes, here's your ticket. Right. <laughs> right. We don't know you. Right. It's, it's a um, lot more. And so know. I would make friends with some of the TSA agents cause you would see them daily. Right. And one of them had confiscated a really nice bottle of tequila. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so here I am, probably 19 years old at this point. He's like, hey, 
I got this bottle of tequila. You want it? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So he gives it to me. I shove it in my bag really fast. I go through TSA and they're like, what is that in your bag? And I'm like, oh, it's a bottle of tequila. They're like, oh, do you know what the proof is? And I said, I don't know what the proof is. Turns out it's illegal for you to have a certain proof in the US or like you can't transport it. You can't bring it. Right. Okay. I didn't know what it was. And so they're like, okay, well, let's just take a look at it. I said, okay. Yeah, yeah, Well, the TSA agent opens my bag and takes the bottle out and goes, where did you get this? And my eyes, like, I just shut up real fast. My eyes get real big. And I said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I plead the fifth. He was like, I just took this from a passenger. And I said, what a coincidence. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, why do you have this? And I said, I I don't know. I wasn't going to rat my friend out. Right. Like, I'm like, fucked. fucking good job. Good yeah. job. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, I am very good at the puppy diogs. Or puppy, Pu- puppy diogs? <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> it sounded like puppy die dogs or puppy dogs. <laughs> puppy dogs. Damn puppy dogs. That's puppy dog eyes. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. All I got, right. I got, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hit him hard with those eyes. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, okay, don't ever do that again. I said, okay. Okay. And I went, (laughs) walked real fast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's about it. So if you're ever curious, I guess, about it, then you can take that, run with it. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but I mean, if anybody's curious and they have questions, you can always email us too. Mm -hmm. At listeners at cryinginthewalkin.com. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Just shoot us an email if you have any questions about flight attending. I think it'd be really fun to Mm kind of do a deep dive and... Just a little Q&A. Yeah. A little Q&A about flight attending. Yeah. It'll be fun. But thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Find us on Instagram at cryinginwalkin, on Facebook at cryinginthewalkin, or email us at listeners at cryinginthewalkin.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And remember to support your local service professionals. This has been Crying in the Walk-In, produced and edited by Kat Clayton and Lynn Weir, consulting producer Ryan Clayton.